Well, I'm very excited that uh, this, we've been going, going through Romans, as you know, and talking about the life, the new life we have found in Christ, and the hope and the pre- peace that he brings. And so I thought today would be a great day on a grad Sunday, dad Sunday, to have someone share a bit of their story. Um, I was thinking that a lot of times, you know, you go and you hear messages and stuff, and they're awesome. The word of God, there's power in the word of God. It's important to hear the message of the word of God from the scriptures and stuff, and the sermon is so important to us. Um, but sometimes as we walk away, the things that we sometimes remember are the, like, the stories that you've heard. Isn't that true? Like, we're story people. And even I think that's why the Bible is so cool, because it's full of the beautiful stories that God has given us to remember things well. And we walk away and go, oh, like, that story was so good. And whenever I hear someone's story, I just walk away realizing again the goodness of God and the power of God in people's lives. And that is why God brings us together as a church body to learn from each other, to grow from each other, to be encouraged by what he's done in each other's lives. And not just to be fleeting people that we just say hi to each other on the streets, but to get to really know each other and to support each other. And so I've asked my sweet friend who is so excited to come up here, I know, um, Becky Whalen. She's going to come on up, (laughs) and she's going to share with us a bit of her story. And I was thinking as a graduate... As a graduate, I hope that you remember uh, a lot of things from ACC, and I hope you stay at ACC. I'd like all graduates not to move away ever and just live here forever, and I know that's not possible. But as you go about and live your life and move forward or whatever, I just pray that what you remember is, yes, the messages that you've heard and all the special sermons you've heard. I hope you remember, though, that some of the love and the stories and the people who supported you and love you and are always there for you no matter what. So that's what I want you to take away. And so I thought it would be very fitting to have someone who's spent so much energy and love into some of our young people, all of our young people, and all of our people, actually, um, Becky. And so she's going to share a bit of her, her testimony. So um, I hope you'll forgive me. I am not a speaker. <laughs> so I have, I'm going to basically read word for word what I have written. And Neil and Bob, that's a hard act to follow. (laughs) I will not be that funny. (laughs) So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, Romans 8, 15. A couple of weeks ago, I had messaged my good friend Kim. I'm starting to question that friendship at this point. (laughs) If she could pray for me, as I have been having some trouble sleeping. I'd been averaging two to three hours a night at sleep. Or sleep a night, sorry. Um, And I'm bipolar, so sleep is very important for me in staying healthy. She said yes, but her solution was actually to ask me if I would speak this Sunday. I'm still questioning how that was to help me sleep. (laughs) I'm not sure I've gotten much since then. Um, Anyway, so here I am. Good morning, my ACC family. For those of y'all who do not know me, my name is Becky Whalen. I grew up in Millbrook, which is just outside of Sussex Corner on your way to Pulley Mountain. Growing up in my house were my mom and my dad, or as I called them, Pa and Mama, my two brothers and my Nana. Our family was sort of what one would call famous in a small town. My Pa was a hockey and baseball coach and owned his own business. And our last name was in the business name. My family was very well liked and very well respected. So you can bet your bottom dollar that if we did anything to ruin that reputation, we would get it when we get home. 
and most likely folks, my folks would hear any trouble we got into before we got home, the joys of living in a small town. We are not a perfect family by any stretch. We ran short on patience and forgiveness often. We loved deep, we fought hard, but we laughed harder. I'm telling you all this, not just to tell you how great my family is, but also to tell you how I became part of an even greater family, and that is God's family. I became a Christian at Camp Tlachitic when I was 12 years old. I remember that night like it was yesterday. There was a torrential downpour, thunder and lightning, and I was sitting outside my cabin on a picnic table. This was not my first time at camp. As a matter of fact, it was probably my fourth time, but it was the first time I'd actually heard about Jesus. Even though I'd grown up in a Christian home and going to camp, I had never paid attention before. Because God had kind of ticked me off years earlier, so I wanted nothing to do with him. When I was seven, my grandfather passed away. My grampy was the most amazing man I'd ever known. He was my hero. He was tall, dark, handsome, with deep blue eyes and the widest smile. He had the biggest and funnest imagination any grown-up could ever have, and he had the most comfiest lap I would ever sit in. So when they told me that God had called him home because he needed him in heaven, I was angry. Shortly after this, I started smoking, then drinking, and then stealing. By the time I was 11, I was actually selling stuff to kids behind the old school store that sat behind the junior, beside the junior high school on Main Street in Sussex. My grade seven year was very blurry as I spent most of it drunk. I did not like myself. My mind was dark and my, I thought a lot about dying. The week before I went to camp, my summer between grades seven and eight, my, brother, my friend and my brother's best friend passed away in a swimming accident. That was a bit of a wake-up call to me, and God started working on my heart the day we got that phone call. I went to camp the next week with the intention of having fun, but again, not hearing from or about Jesus as per usual. But God had other plans. He pursued me relentlessly that week, and by the week's end, I'd made the decision to follow him. I'd love to tell y'all that my testimony ends right there and that life has been grand ever since, and I've been perfect in following God since then, but that'd be wrong. I'd also love to tell y'all that <clears throat> I've had no suffering since then and that God has made my life practically perfect and worry-free, but no. Actually, in John 16:33, Jesus tells us, I have told you this so that you might have peace in your hearts because of me. While you are in this world, you will have to suffer. But cheer up, I have defeated the world. In high school, I was a soccer player. I played keeper. In the beginning, I was good about giving all glory and honor to God and praying before my games. Not that we would win, but that I would play in a way that brought glory and honor to God, that I would play to the best of my ability and with integrity. Then, as I continued to get scouted across the country and into the States and scholarships kept pouring in, my focus shifted from playing for God and playing for myself. And honestly, it showed up in the way that I played. I remember getting ready to leave for nationals. I was leaving that week from camp, and the lady that was chief that week came up to me and said, it's nice to know we have somebody representing Jesus on the team. Good luck, and I'll be praying for you. That sort of hit me, and I felt a lot of what I call guilt gut. So when I went away that week 
to the tournament, I put my focus back on playing for God instead of playing for myself. And again, it showed in how I played the game. There's a funny saying that says, if you want to make God laugh, then tell him your plans. Well, my plans for after high school had nothing to do with getting married or having kids. I wanted to be a professional soccer player and then become a missionary. Those plans were dashed three months after I graduated high school when I was 17, just about to hit the national stage with soccer when I was in a car accident that prevented me from playing soccer for a very long time. It took me some time to be okay with that. I do remember trusting in God's plan through all of it. Instead of becoming a missionary, I became a wife. Four years after that, a mom, and a mom again just, two sh just shy of two years later. I remember in my 20s and throughout the first part of my marriage thinking I was doing pretty okay at being a Christian. I knew I wasn't perfect, but God was forgiving, so what did it matter, right? I mean, I was going to church on Sundays and praying and reading a devotion from time to time. After my second son was born, I ended up with some postpartum depression and was really low, and I hid that from everyone in my life. I knew I needed help, but I was terrified to tell anyone, so I ran to God. I started going to a Bible study here at church. From there, I started becoming more and more involved in things here at church. I was getting up in the morning and becoming more intentional about spending time with God and praying, and for a long time, I purposely only listened to Christian music. I could feel myself coming alive and in a way that I had never really known before. I think partly because as a grown-up, I was able to appreciate the freedom from my chains that God bought. Also, as a parent, I think I now had a better understanding of that love that seems to have no end. Getting more involved in church brought along with it some amazing people who would end up becoming our family. And having grown up in such a great family and marrying into such a great family, I never realized I needed more family or that being an active part of God's family could be so amazing and so rewarding. At 32, I found myself divorced and a solo parent of two and four-year-old boys, something I never ever imagined in my life for the lives of my kids. I also never thought I'd be able to raise kids solo, and I was 100% right. Thankfully, God has made sure that I've never had to do either, because he provided me not just with our family, but with my God family here at the church to help raise my boys. You see, we were homeless, but he provided us a home through family here from the church. They are now just as much family to us as our actual family could ever be. We've had no food in our cupboards, but people have shown up and filled our cupboards, dropped off gift cards for the grocery stores, or brought meals by, having no idea that I was broke and could not afford groceries. People have shown up with bags of clothes for my kids just at the right time when my kids have grown out of all that I've had. And again, I wasn't sure how I was going to put them in clothes without them getting made fun of because they were wearing flood pants. My boys may not have a father, but because of men from our church, who essentially were nobodies to us before, stood up and became somebodies to my boys and showed them what a father looked like and also making sure that my boys knew full well, no matter what, they had a heavenly father looking out for them, that, they would, that he would never leave them or abandon them. If you had told me 10 years ago that not only would the boys be thriving, but that I would have gone back to school at 39, started a new career, and be loving this life of solo parenting, I think I would have laughed in your face. 
Don't get me wrong, the last 10 years have been some of the hardest, most challenging, saddest, darkest years I've ever lived. However, they have also been the most amazing, loving, challenging, exceptional, funnest, and rewarding years I've lived as well. And honestly, I would not do it any other way. The way God has grown in me and my relationship with him through it all has been incredible. To see that no matter what happens, he is in control and he will take care of us. To see that lived out is one of the most incredible things one could ever hope to experience. To be a part of God's family who willingly give up their own time or material wants to make sure you have what you need, that has been such an incredible journey. To be loved so fully by God and his people has been one of the biggest joys and blessings of my life. It has been worth every heartache, and the reward of heaven makes it even more worth it.